Friday, which means I got Alan Sislowski here on the Real Man Sports Podcast. He's sick. He's got some uh, combination of COVID and some other unknown diseases. He's not really sure what he has. <laughs> real, and, real, uh, man, real man doesn't get sick. Real man just fights through it. No problem. A real man on his deathbed does this video. It doesn't yes. matter. Even beyond the grave, he does this video. You'll do this video from beyond the grave, will you not? Uh, anywhere I am, whatever dimension well, I'm in, doesn't matter. It's called Survivor, right? So, I mean, there is a limitation with that. So, anyway, this is our Survivor. Every week, Real Man Sports. Alan and I have a very, very high-stakes pool. What do I owe you, like 25 bucks still? Well, so, no. I mean, we're split. So, I the, it, it was a buyback pool in the first three weeks. So, I went in on my own. And then when, I, when it was time to buy back, I suggested to you we split the $25 entry. Oh, okay. So, so you don't have to pay for the first entry. I, I, you weren't 12, in on my bad oh, picks. Oh, horrible pick that you made. And so I just owe you $12.50, which I will take out of your 35K when we win it. Okay, no problem. I'm good with that. Yeah. So, all right. So we got this uh, survivor pick. It's very important. I looked at the board. To me, it's just obvious. I got to look at the percent owned, but I, I feel like we're at kind of a square pool. So like people are taking like some really ridiculous teams to try to use them up. And to me, the Rams are just like the no-brainer obvious pick. Do you disagree with that? Well, let's start with how I how I saved us last week, okay? Got us off that Jaguars pick last week. I, that was just, I was just floating that out there. I wouldn't okay. have done that. I would have taken right. the Bills. I, have a, I heard you talk about this on SiriusXM on Jeff's show that you thought the Rams were the easy pick. But according to Rotowire, Thorne's article on Rotowire, they're 40% rostered right, or selected. So to me, that immediately – I know that there's other factors that go into it. I think that there's a pivot here. Um, I, was in, I was surprised to hear you say that given the 40% threshold. And, again, I know it's about – I don't think the spread is 10.5, really. That's why I'm saying that. I think it's more right. like 7.5 or 8. My team that I liked was heavily 49ers on the road, five and a half in Atlanta. Yeah, I think Atlanta has a pulse and Carolina doesn't really. You know, Atlanta played Tampa tough. They were down 21 nothing. They came back. I feel like they have a pulse. Whereas Carolina, you know, they, who, who's quarterback in Carolina this week? PJ Walker. Walker. Yeah. And who's an upgrade, by the way, on Baker? I mean, it can't be a downgrade. That's for sure. But. I think the Rams, the only issue is Donald has a foot issue. And so that's just one thing to keep an eye on because, you know, without Aaron Donald, that's probably a below average defense. So the 40% doesn't play into it at all. That the yeah. Remember I told you last week, Alan, but you didn't listen. 40% is not a threshold. That's not, it's though like, Oh, 40% fade. It's really got to do with the disparity in likelihood to win. There's basically two aspects of this, right? There's like what team is the most likely to win probability of winning just flat out, forget about anything else. And then the other one is, what payout do I get if that team wins and, you know, the other teams lose as expected, you know, to the, to the extent they're expected to, and what payout do I get if I pivot off of them and that team loses, what, what happens then? What kind of uh, pot odds am I getting? And so, you know, you can look at 40% and say, wow, you know, if the Rams lose, that's a big chunk of the pool that's out. That would be a nice payoff. And that's true. But if the Rams are, you know, 85% to win and the next best team is 75 you better be getting a hell of a excess payout for that increase in risk that you're taking. And so, you know, the, the pot odds really work either when it's like super, super high, like, you know, you're going to cut to the end of the pool if this team loses, or when you're talking about one team is like 88% and the other team is 85%. And that risk that you're taking on is still significant because, you know, even 88 to 85, you're talking about 12% that they lose versus 15. And that's what, like a 25% increase in right. likelihood so of loss. 
here Thorne's article up. He has the Vegas odds for the Rams at 81.4%, right? If we pivot to the Packers, it's a uh, it's it's 69% plus. So it's uh was that 12% different? No. It's not 12% different. Let's say, let's just keep it real simple, the math. Yeah. Let's say one team's 90% and another team's 80%. Say, oh, it's just 10% less. No, it's a hun- It's double. It's mm. double. Because if you have a 10% chance of being wiped out and now you have a 20% chance of wiped out, you've basically just doubled your chances of being wiped out. So, so that's how you got to look at it. That's why the, the biggest factor is going to be likelihood to win unless, unless the percent is so high, unless it's like 99% owned, right? So, you know, I had that example where if, there was a, you know, one team was 10% to win. The other team was 90% to win, but the 90% team was 99% owned. Of course you should take the 10% team because if there's 99 people on the other one and they lose, you win the whole pool. And so instead of having one in a hundred chance, you have a one in 10 chance. So you're getting 10 X on your money, but, but that's never how it is. It's like 40%, 50%. You know, it's never that you're getting, you win the whole pool just because you faded that team. Let me throw a couple of the things out into the table and then we can come back to this. A couple of the things are the, you know, the, the narrative that the coach is fired, the dead cat bounce. But I said the pushback on that is that I don't think Matt Rule was really like, like he was hated. It was just that they needed, it was time for a change. It was like a wake up call to the, the whole, I, I never heard any stories that, oh, we hate this coach. It wasn't like an Urban Meyer thing at all. So it may not get the same dead cat bounce that you get when you normally fire coaches. Yeah, that might be true. I mean, we don't know internally what was going on and, and losing teams tend to hate their coach. Just they might not say anything, but yeah, maybe not. Maybe they just sucked. You know, the whole staff is there. I, I don't know. I, there, there could be. I mean, Carolina was just so, I thought they might be good this year because I thought Baker would be a big upgrade over Darnold. But now you're realizing that maybe it wasn't Darnold. Maybe it was, maybe it's just the system is really a mess. Right. Or maybe Baker is just not good. <laughs> right well, no but but like darnold was there last year and newton was there the year oh, right. before and nobody got anything done in this in the system you know right. the, and, the other thing is that san francisco when they had trey lance they were a little bit more volatile hot higher upside than they are now but obviously no floor they lost to chicago i don't care about the storm the slip and slide but with jimmy g they just seem a little bit more stable like we know what team we're getting and you obviously have a higher opinion of atlanta than i do i know they had the big comeback that was a divisional game so I see your logic. I understand, but you know, just wanted to throw an alternative opinion about that. When I heard that you say on the SX, on the SiriusXM show that it that the Rams were a no-brainer for you, given the percentage owned, I understand all the other pieces of the math. It was surprising, but you did mention that uh, San Francisco was at least your second choice, given our options. Yeah, because we can't take Tampa and we can't take uh, Green Bay, so those are those are off the table for us. So. So yeah, I mean, I, look. If you want to talk, if you want to go to bad for it, I I would do it. I think Jimmy G can be pretty volatile though to the downside. I mean, I've seen him throw some egregious picks. You know, he can be very sloppy. All right, and I'm again. I know we should never look ahead, but for the just to put more variables, even if these ones don't matter to you, let's just look one week ahead to next week, right? And again, you don't know everything changes so much. So San Francisco you cannot use them next week. Presumably, they're playing Kansas City, right? Let's. Again, real man, oh, a real man. Would do <laughs> and the team that we're picking now, uh, if we go with the Rams, let's see, they have in week seven of the Rams. Oh, they're on by. So obviously we couldn't use them either. So, right. It, it's that the San Fran definitely can't be used next week. Um, Don't worry about next week. You know what? I mean, like Josh Allen can get hurt. Aaron Rodgers get hurt. I mean, yeah. this could be a whole new league. I just feel like 
you start doing that and, and all of a sudden you're like, and then even if it is the best team next week, again, that could be the pot odds play next week too. So there's so many ways next week can be different than we know. We know what the pot odds are this week. We know uh, what the teams are. If you like went to bat, like said, look, I just really, really don't like the Rams. I have a really bad misgiving about them. I really want to take San Fran. I would say, sure. I, I don't think it's that strong, but, but here's, and, and the only concern I have is Donald. Donald is missing practice, right. but if Aaron Donald's active, I know Cooper Cup returned to practice that, you know, the Rams are a desperate animal too. I mean, what are they two and three? I mean, they need to win this game. I mean, this is not going to be, they're not going to like overlook Carolina because it's Carolina. They're going to be like, I'm, we, I'm worried that the Rams are bad. I'm worried that the Rams are a bad team. You know, mm-hmm. the, the team that wins the Super Bowl. And it just, you know, they've proven that they'll do anything to to bolster. Like you could see them spending another first round pick to bring in like DJ Moore, right? Right. <laughs> there was t- there was talk that DJ Moore was available. Uh, you could see them doing something like that, but this week they don't have it. I'm just concerned that they're not a good team. What did you have this line at in your when you make the lines? Like 13 or something crazy like that. Uh, okay, so then this is a. I got you. Okay, so this I is. I mean, a for me, I didn't know Donald was banged up at the time though. But you know, for me you have a team that has not played well. The offensive line has really been the biggest problem and Carolina can rush the passer a little bit, but that was really the thing. The offensive line Carolina doesn't have, I just felt Carolina was going to get smashed by the defense. If Donald was healthy, I think the Rams defense will dominate. And then Stafford, who is a good player in cup and those guys will find some holes and get it going. And I just think the the Rams could lose to Carolina. Obviously any NFL team can lose to any other, Mm. but the circumstances under which I would think the Rams would lose to Carolina is if they were four and one and Carolina kind of sprung a surprise game on them. But I just think that this is a setup where the Rams, this, they need this. They can't lose this game. They can't go to two and four losing to a doormat. So question for you here, if green Bay was available to us against the jets, would you use them? Probably not. Uh, I, I think Green Bay will win, but I think the Jets have a pulse. I think the Jets are like Atlanta, like Atlanta and the Jets. They're like, you know, they're bad, but they have a pulse. Like, you know, QB one, I got his chief flowing, obviously in those three weeks. And I, you know, I'm sure he really uh, feels good now about things. Got out of the system and he's emptied out. He's emptied he's, out. He's, he's emptied out. And now he's, he's you know, and he's confident and they have players, you know, Brees Hall and Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, whether they ever throw to Elijah Moore or not, they have some weapons, and, you know, Salah was a good defensive mind on the Niners. I don't think the Jets, they're three and two. You know, I mean, the win against the Browns was a miracle, but. And so was the not, Miami one against the third string quarterback. Well, I mean, they were lucky to, to have a third string quarterback, but right. they killed Miami. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, they're lucky to be three and two, but everyone's lucky to be, you know, successful. You know, look at the Giants, all the wins they got at the last second. So I, I just feel like the Jets are not a total doormat right now. And neither is Atlanta. Atlanta's in every single game. And if there weren't that bullshit roughing the passer call against Brady, like Atlanta gets the ball down five and we're that's sweating fair. it. We're sweating that's it. That's fair. You know, that, like, I think that's the most persuasive argument that they, it, that the thing that caused them likely to be in a bad spot has already been corrected by the outcry. Cause that was a very public, like the outcry to fix the, the, uh, nutless monkey style, uh, roughing the passers has been corrected because there wasn't, you know, so that may not happen this week. Well, yeah, that and uh, the other thing about Atlanta, though, is, is they should have got a P.I. against Scotty Miller the play before, which would have you still know, ended the game. Same I brought way. that up. I brought that up to somebody because I thought that was a really good point that you made. And the pushback that I got, and you tell me what you think, is they said it was an uncatchable ball. And that's why they didn't call it. Oh, that's actually possible. I mean, it was definitely pass interference. 100%. I mean, but, uh, I, okay, well, then then I would retract that. Then I would say, well, then 
that didn't interfere because they wouldn't have got it anyway. I didn't see it as uncatchable during. Neither the did I. Neither yeah. did I. But, but that I, mean, was... I didn't. I didn't study the replay. I just is my take in real time. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So at the Rams, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, uh, you I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to do it. I mean, forget about my case. You know, you got to go look deep within your soul. And if you have a problem with this, speak up because well, I'm a little uneasy because I don't think the Rams are a good team and the whole, you know, coach firing narrative, all those things are usually line up for a win by the underdog. That said, it's, uh, you know, I just don't like, yeah, I, I would not take the Rams, but I understand the case. Why? And then the 42% that, that, uh, you said it doesn't matter because of the disparity in win percentage. That also persuaded me uh, yeah. to go to well, the Niners. But our pool too seems to be more varied in who people take. Like they don't, there doesn't seem to be as much concentration of picks at the top. Do you agree with right. that? Yes, I do. And why do you think that is? Because I think that they're squares in our pool because it's a low stakes pool. Right. Right. Okay. So, and so by the way, sometimes playing against squares is harder than playing against pros. Oh. 100%. My home baseball league, you never know who would be there. You know, you'd be like, oh, I'll take this pitcher because next round I'll get the hitter. And then like right. somebody jumps three rounds from what you know in the NFBC to take the hitter. You're like, you're like, what the hell? And that would never happen. But it's true. Sometimes the hardest is a mix of both where some guys are experts, some guys are novices, and you have this sort of unpredictable thing where you have to like honor that you're playing against experts and like make the smart choices, but somebody can wild card you without notice. Yeah. And the other example I was going to use, that's a great example, by the way, like playing in your, in a home league or something like that, but is when you go play like pickup basketball a hundred years ago and you'd play against someone that doesn't know how to play basketball and they're just beating the crap out of you, like with boxing out. It's like, yeah. dude, dude, chill. You know, yeah. it's like, that's not how you play pickup basketball, but yeah. There's always that spazzy guy who would basically punch you in the face when you're trying to get a rebound. Yeah. The, like, the, dude, the football guy. Like, yeah. yeah. The lacrosse guy. guy. Just yeah. like the spaz guy, you know, he just couldn't, you know, everything. I had a, I had a guy growing up who like, you couldn't play fight with them. Because you would get uh, punched in the face super hard. Like everybody else, we'd like wrestle and fight, but you always knew exactly where the line was. <laughs> and this guy, sometimes he'd be like, you know, we joke around, like grab a knife and be like, ha ha, you know, and like, right. and you'd be, when he did that, you'd like run because, <laughs> because he might just accidentally kill you because he was just a spaz and he did, and you know, he just didn't really know like the, he just didn't have that like joke around type of thing about that. It was just like, uh oh, no, we can't play this with this guy. We so. had a guy just like that. His name was Russ. If you got into a play fight, he would put you in like the most painful <laughs> hold you've ever been in your life. You're like, D you know, so right. I think every friend group may have someone like that. But yeah, the guy who doesn't understand the line. Well, and again, some people don't understand the line. Some people emotionally have no control, right? If they're in any sort of battle, it's for the death. Like they can't moderate the battle. There's people like that. Like you're playing basketball and the dude's yep. just like, he can't calm down and just like play by the rules of basketball. Right. And then there's the other people that are just so uncoordinated spastic that they don't even mean to do something, but they might just kill you accidentally. <laughs> so I would just say just as a recommendation, I know this isn't exactly on point, but stay away from all of those kind of people in any sort of uh, recreational uh, combat sports. Right. And it, again, just the last example and then tie it back to survivor was I took a martial arts class 15 years ago and I was with a guy that just needed to prove something all the time. And that was like my last day of class. Cause I got okay. crushed. Uh, you know, by guy half my size. And I'm not even, you know, it was just, I took like four, like against a real boxer that just didn't, I didn't understand sparring yeah. and I just three punches right to the face. And I had like the hockey helmet on too. And uh, I just got, yeah, it was over. Um, last question off topic here. And you can cut this out if you want, because I just been on, you know, I told you I'm not feeling a hundred percent today. So I'm, I'm trying to do a little work and watch some movies and I'm on a Steven Seagal movie, like just one after the other. Best Steven Seagal movie, just say from like 1985 to like 1995. You can't count like the new ones. 
Yeah, it was the first one. What was the first one called? It was called uh, Out uh, for Justice. No, Above the Law, maybe. Above the Law was a good Above one. Above the Law. Above the Law, I think, was the best one. But, you know, the one that was good was Hard to Kill. Oh, that's what I'm that, watching right now. The Jamaicans. It has, oh, it has some great lines in it. He shoves a pool cue through this. I hope I'm not ruining this for you. No, no, he no. Shoves, he shoves a million. pool cue for this guy's throat. And yep. he says, fuck you and die. Like he's killing him with a fool cue. He just says, fuck you and die. And then he, the guy does die. I respected and I, that. And then I just watched uh, Hard to Kill uh, last night. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That was Hard to Kill, I think. Oh, you said um, Hard to Kill. Right, right. No. Uh, yeah, the, Hard to Kill was Mark for Death. Trent. That's what I'm watching right now. Mark, Mark for, for Death. But I'm talking about Hard to Kill where yes. he says, yes. you can take that to the bank. Senator Trent, the blood bank. I like that too. <laughs> the blood bank. Right. That's the end of that one right there. And um, the one I'm watching right now is Mark for Death with the Jamaicans when they go to Jamaica yeah. to kill Screwface. By the way, you didn't like prompt me on this and tell me talk about Steven Seagal. I have these lines. Like, I, this is from memory. <laughs> this is I'm, great. Impro- I know all these, right? I used to love those. That's what I'm saying. Right. And I'm trying to like get my wife to be into it, but she's just like, I don't get this at all. I it's don't a dude thing. Like, yeah. Like, uh, low intelligence revenge flicks like the taken movies the liam neeson they're just extremely satisfying right like they kill this guy they kill that guy then they kill like a, a middle level guy that's kind of a boss of a bunch of guys that's satisfying and then eventually they kill the main henchman of the boss and that's satisfying <laughs> and then they kill the boss and of course the boss like they're gonna shoot each other he shoots a lot of them but then of course the guns come down and it's hand to hand right he's got a lot and the boss gets a good, like, does something, like, really cheap, like, <laughs> pretend to be hurt and then knifes him. And then they get a few good punches in. And then, and then he starts beating the boss to death. And then he says some, you know, nasty shit to the boss as he's killing him. Yep. Um, it's, it's formulaic. Just, it's formulaic. It's, it's satisfying for, for a man to watch that. It's very satisfying. Um, did you ever watch The Life of Brian that I, that I recommend? Not yet, you? but it's on the list. I'm, I have it. Today Use should be subtitles because it's really hard to understand those dudes. Yeah, and I've seen it like 100 years yeah. ago. I saw yeah. it. But yeah, and I was because after we got off, I watched like the long trailer of it. And yeah, you need subtitles. But I actually got a lot of it because I understood I watched a lot of that comedy. Uh, the, other, the other piece of um, uh, the, you know, I watched a lot of, was it Monty Pythons and, and uh, what was, and, you know, even back to the Blazing Saddles days, which I know is Mel Brooks. I know that's not, but it's yeah. all kind of like, you know, the same type of, satirical humor uh the other thing the other formulaic thing about those action movies from the 90s was right when you kill the boss he would run out of bullets and he'd throw the gun at you yeah he tossed the gun <laughs> in your face. that's a good move i mean yeah. the gun it's pretty heavy made of steel it probably really right. hurts if it hits you in the face the gun you think the boss is dead you turn your back to help like the girl and yeah. the boss gets one more shot and he like yeah. right when he goes up yeah. the partner that you thought was dead takes him out from like the side or something yeah you know? That's all right. I don't like that really that much. The, the one that I hate the most is when the bad guy has the dude basically dead. And he's like, let me explain my master <laughs> evil plan for like three minutes. And of course, like minute 250, the other guy crumbs crashing in and kills him. And it's like, that's bullshit. He should have killed him. He just, it, it just, that's annoying. You know, I, I don't like that at all. It's, you know, again, these are like mini version, B versions of like Commando and Rambo and all that kind of stuff. That's what they are. And like the next, like people that are, you know, 30 now will have nostalgia, like you said, about the Jason Statham style movies and the Taken movies and stuff like yeah. that. So this is our nostalgia. <laughs> All right. So close with your line again now. <laughs> I mean, we're taking the Rams, man. That's it. We're taking the Rams. I mean, I, I don't really. Again, if Donald's out and you send me like a, a panicked NLM text saying we have to take the Niners, I'll switch. No problem. The rule we have with Dalton and I always like feel this is the rule. And I used to have this with my brother when we pick games against the spread together is whoever is real man enough to say, no, 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 no. we're going for this. I'll stake my reputation on this. I'll stake my, you know, you don't have to trust me ever again. 
And then if I'm just like, yeah, I like the Rams. That's who I think we should go with. And you're like, I'm a nutless monkey. I won't, I won't uh, contradict that. Then we go with the Rams. But if you're like, no, 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 no. I am going to override that because I'm willing to really, really back this team and I'm stepping up for this. Then I'll step aside and say, okay, you're being a real man. But I could also say, oh, no, 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 Alan. I'm really, 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 really stepping up for this. Now, we could have a problem if we're both like absolutely positive the team will win. And, you know, we could flip a coin and then one of us could just money line that shit real hard and just you know, right. see. But that usually doesn't happen. Usually what happens is one guy is more sure than the other. And the other guy just says, okay, it's on you then. This is your pick this week. So I was going to say, if worse comes to worse, just a fight to the death. Fight to the death. Yeah. It's Survivor after all, right? We took it. Hey, we took it a little literally. That's all. I mean, yeah. I awesome. didn't get it. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. That's good. We good? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Rams it is. Uh, I have, you know, like I said, I have a, I have an uncomfortable feeling, but that's what Survivor is, right? That's what the sweat is. That's what the game is. I should be uncomfortable. Dude, we took the Vikings two weeks ago. I mean, that's, you should be very uncomfortable with everything that we pick. Mm -hmm. Very uncomfortable. All right. But doesn't matter. Still alive.